Hi guys, I'm Ty. He says, this is a chopping block. Uh, we have been freed of the orange tyrant. He is the fuck gone. That mm -hmm. in Washington DC before daybreak. Like that nigga left before the business day started. Um, Mike Pence, the future author of the book, Don't Go Down With The Ship. <laughs> was front and center at the inauguration like hey man like i get how this works like i'm cool. like i'm here i'm with the shits like i am mm -hmm. um but yes in case you were under a rock or you just don't pay attention to things because sometimes we just don't pay attention to things and you know a lot of us are not really watching tv like that uh today was the inauguration of our 46th president uh rock Oh my God, Joseph. Joseph R. Biden. Jr. Uh, and our first Black, first female, first South Asian Vice President, Madam Kamala Harris. Um, and let me tell you something. I watched the whole thing. I streamed it. I had like this, uh, this raw stream that didn't really have a whole lot of commentary on it. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I got feels. I got a few jokes off on social media, um, mainly or primarily the fact that Pence was there. <laughs> like the Pences were there. Like, hey, listen, all the Republicans was there. Uh, you see, uh, George W was there hanging um, what's out. What's his name? Was there? Um, George Senior's VP. What's his name again? Dick Cheney. No, not Dick Cheney, not W's VP. Oh, okay. Oh, great. What's his name? Why are we blanking on his name? Because remember, he used to be the dumbest man in uh in in politics. <laughs> then it was W, and then your boy the unmentionable came through and said, "Hold my beer." Uh, what was his name? Come on, there's so many devices around here for me not to be able to pull up. This I can't. Even, I can't even remember which vice president we talking about. We talking about George Senior or George Junior? George Senior. George Senior's uh, vice president. George. I don't even remember that. I don't even remember that far back, Thank to be honest. <laughs> VP. Dan, Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle. Remember Dan Quayle wow. had went and visited that school and they asked him to spell something like in a third grade class. I do remember that. You know what? So, it's, hey kids, yeah. before George W said, fool me, fool me, well, fool me, the fool can't get fooled again. Uh, the dumbest man in the White House was a man named Dan Quayle who went to visit an elementary school and was asked to spell a basic elementary school word and just couldn't. And then um, we ended up with his wife more than him. <laughs> I don't know his wife at all. Um, so let me let me run y'all through my my inauguration experience. One, I thoroughly enjoyed the sight once again of a first lady holding her husband's hand and not looking grossed out, not looking like she's trying to signal for help. How about that? Shouts to Dr. Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. uh, two, I think I completely ignored the fact that we never saw Melania Trump with other women. We never saw her with anybody. Like she didn't have no crew. Like we cannot name a single other woman that had anything to do with the White House during the last four years other than you know, the crazies that were um, running the press room. But Dr. Joe Biden and Madam Vice President Kamala Harris came through stomping with a squad, um, spearheaded by, of course, you know, she gonna let y'all shine, but we know who really run things. 
<laughs> the Beyonce to your Michelle and and uh and Kelly. Mm -hmm. Jill, your Michelle. Um our forever first lady, Michelle Obama, came through just dripping, mm -hmm. just gorgeous. Um, my sister pointed out to me after the inauguration, I didn't realize if you pay attention, all of the women who were part of, you know, like who were part of that immediate crew were all wearing purple. And the reason is red and blue make purple. So the whole theme, and I appreciated this. I'm gonna tell y'all something. As a kid who comes from a, a, a political family, I appreciate politicians at least lying to me, at least acting like they give a fuck about me fucking with them. <laughs> right. It may not be real. I hope it's real, but I appreciate the effort of you coming in here and being like, no, 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 nigga, I fuck with you. Like, this is for you. You know what? People people talked about, I, I think we got so far out the box that when we talked about like, yo, we just trying to get back to normal, people didn't, they didn't know what that was like. Right. Well, well, welcome back to normal. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to um, just regular ass normal. <laughs> the whole theme of the inauguration was unity. Um, they had Lady Gaga come through and do the national anthem. And here's a very, very strange thing about anthems, national anthems, and just a return to normalcy and living for four years in an emotional siege because you guys, whether you realize it or not, you have been in PTSD mode for four years. I don't care which side of it you're on. If you're on that crazy man's side and you feel like everybody else was against you and it was an attack on, on white people, you've been under constant pressure and stress. If you're everybody else, you've been under constant pressure and stress for the last, you know, literally it's been officially 366 days since the first confirmed case of COVID-19 was confirmed in Washington, in Seattle in uh, 2020. Like we've all been under a state of emotional stress. And I promise you, before Lady Gaga got to By the Dawn's Early Light, I started to tear up. And I was like, wait a minute, this ain't even my anthem. And like, we know it's a whole racist ass verse at the end. Mm -hmm. um, Fuck you, Francis Scott Key. That happened. Then I don't know who asked for it, but there was Jennifer Lopez singing. Like there was no other Latinas, Latinas with chops that could have came through. Huh? There's a reason why they keep calling J-Lo. Because her manager's better than everybody else's? No, nah, because she's J-Lo. Because her manager's better than everybody else. Huh? Every man, she's J-Lo. Yeah. She's just j We could have did, did a smooth Ariana Grande moment. Uh, no, or what's her name? Selena Gomez just dropped the song in Spanish. Not big enough. Okay, I got it. Um, then uh, they brought Garth Brooks to sing an acapella Appalachian uh, spiritual called Amazing Grace. It was the driest Amazing Grace I've ever heard, but I understood the optics. Shouts to uh, Garth Brooks' hairline. Because mm -hmm. that had right on. He was confident. Listen, because <laughs> he knew what he paid for. That weave was together, okay? That hairline was 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 laid. Um, wow. And then what else we got? Listen, let me tell you when I lost it. My Twitter page right now says Amanda Gorman fan account. Because our little sis, the, uh, the inaugural poet, officially the youngest person to ever read a poem at the inauguration came through and like within the first couple stanzas of her poem, 
was the line, a skinny black girl, descendant of slaves, the daughter of a single mother who could dare to dream to be president, finding herself reading poem for president. Let me tell you, I was sitting here like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, America, maybe there's hope still. Hope is back, y'all. Hope is, hope is definitely back on the table. Hope is know. back on the table. It, it's something where we do with it, but nah, she, she, you know, it was impressive. It was absolutely impressive. Um, and that fucking yellow coat, bro. And she just tweeted at 6.09 p.m. I am on the floor. My books are number one and number two on Amazon after one day. Thank you so much to everyone for supporting me and my words. As Yates put it, for words alone are certain good. Sing them. Sing them. So, you know, if y'all were wondering, her name is Amanda Gorman. She's at the Amanda Gorman on uh, Twitter. Uh, She graduated from Harvard last year, you guys. Yes, she did. Class of 20. Oh, y'all, it's just really exciting to just like see an atmosphere of like a, a lightness. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know anybody. I don't know if any of y'all watched the last inauguration. I sure as hell didn't. But it's just a, just a different feeling. So, all right, let's talk about some of the music. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. So, also... I just, I, I couldn't let this slide because, you know, the whites is acting up. So, <laughs> Clyburn, let's talk about Clyburn real quick. Clyburn, so, so Jim Clyburn, the, okay. the, the, king, the kingmaker, okay? Okay, okay. So, um, first of all, George W. pulls over Clyburn and tells him, look, you, you did this. You're the guy. You you put him in this position. So for anybody who hasn't been around, George Clyburn is the um, the representative, the OG representative in the in the House of Representatives from South Carolina. The guy oh, who guy. said, okay. uh, "We going with Biden. We ride with Biden," and uh, and, and change the tide of the entire uh, you know Democratic primary. So yeah, he you know he got his flowers, but. My man wore his cap today. He wore a red and blue cap to represent South Carolina State HBCU. And the whites were confused because they're like, why has he got a ball cap on? Why has he got a ball cap on? Because HBCUs, bitch, that's why. And then beyond that, they also didn't get the bands, you know, like, oh, who's who's this little band? You know, it, it's just a reaction to how black as fuck this shit kind of was. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we add our sauce to things, it just comes out different. And it's always <laughs> funny. You get the commentary because they catch up, right? And we're not even talking about like the haters. We're talking about people who just looking like, oh, why you got a red hat on, bro? Like. <sighs> They just throw a little shade, but it's cool. And my thing is, like, let's just stop acting like we've been on decorum and uh, uh, a proper behavior and etiquette for the last four years. Shut the fuck up. Like, he's wearing a ball cap. And your new president didn't say, didn't make up words, like, hugely and bigly and say them 10 times. Like, the president's address didn't sound like fucking Vince McMahon trying to set up the next <laughs> 
the next WrestleMania. Like, give me. Did you see his failure of a send off? (laughs) Absolutely not. Had no desire. Oh, I watched it. The first first thing I had to do, I made sure I was up at eight o'clock to watch his bitch ass. Make sure he was gone for real. I watched. I'd stayed up. (laughs) I I watched him leave. I watched his little plane circle. And he he told him, he said, let me see what the inauguration looked like. So he was circling around a little area where the inauguration was come was about to happen. That he got know. to the air force, he got to the Air Force Base. He had like 10 people and 10 of his family members. You know, he gave this long ass speech, like, bro, listen. You're lucky you left early, you get to take Air Force One with you, but make sure you get that shit back. I just really wish that we weren't in a pandemic so that somebody could have ran up to wherever that speech was happening. And been like, wrap it up, B. <laughs> wrap it up. Um, let me tell you something. If y'all don't have nothing else to say thank you for tonight when you go to bed, thank the universe, uh, uh, whatever superpower that you pray to, or su- not superpower, but superpower, because I can't think of it. <laughs> in English, it's not my first language. Um that we don't, that this man don't have Twitter and we don't have to sit here and listen to his ass tweet all night about how much of a failure this inauguration was. Like, it's done. And then let's get on to these pardons. So your man signed 174 pardons last night before he fucking left. Yeah. 174. Um, like, you have got to be the most ridiculous clown of all clowns. But we already knew that. How much money did he make off the 174 pardons? That's a very good question. Um, Jared Kushner, I'm sure, has the numbers. Also, um, yeah, let's, let's talk about the pardons. Yeah. So he didn't pardon himself because pardoning himself would have been an admission of guilt. So he is now a private citizen who did not pardon himself. And I just really want to know where the warrants at. Where the warrants at? Where the warrants at? Oh, they coming. They coming. Um, if nothing else, an impeachment is coming. Of course, he pardoned um, Kodak Black. And before any of you rejoice over the pardoning of Kodak Black, I just want y'all to go back and like do a little research and remind yourself who the fuck Kodak Black is. Like he is a whole ass rapist. He is a whole ass abuser. Um, Like he's not a good person. Um, So, you know, y'all could cheer that if you want to. Um, But like, yeah. Uh, he pardoned Lil Wayne, which really does nothing for us as a whole, as a people. Like, Lil Wayne is a dumbass who had the charges that he had and still decided to ride around with a fucking gun. I don't feel bad for you. And uh, he pa- he pardoned Kwame Kilpatrick, which I don't know all the details of what Kwame Kilpatrick did other than to disappoint us, as excited as we were about him becoming the mayor of Detroit. Um, uh, oh, he just, you know, he stole a lot of money. He stole a lot of money, which is, you know, kind of a, a thing that politicians do a little bit. Um, whatever he did, I'm sure that he didn't deserve 28 years. So did he deserve 28 years? I, I no, because I know people that have done worse. He ain't kill nobody. He ain't kill nobody. He ain't kill nobody. nobody. <laughs> he ain't deserved 28 years. Um he pardoned every he pardoned people that was already out of jail. He was wiping records. He was doing clemencies. He pardoned everybody who was involved in a scandal. He pardoned a bunch of criminals, basically. Not people who were, you know, aggrieved or who, you know, didn't get justice. Right. No, 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 no. He let he let all his homies out. Yeah. Yeah. Or he wiped their records. 
right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Just just making that's sure that's what we did. So, anyway, y'all, it's over. It's over. It's over. I'm not going to hold you. I held my breath until the moment uh, President Biden and Dr. Biden were back inside of the corridor at the Capitol. I held my breath the whole time. Every time that man stood up, I held my breath. Because I was waiting for some fuck shit. But, you know, I think like last, what happened a couple weeks ago at the Capitol was really the last straw. That's why you see Mike Pence kind of breaking ranks with, um, with your mans. Like, you legit sent your homies up in here to, to rob the job knowing I was at work. So, you know, you know what it is and, and the reason why we're going to be okay? We had a hype man as a president. And he hyped up all these people to do these crazy things. And you know, you're not, you haven't been, you ever been in a space where like somebody's hyping you up. It's like peer pressure. You know what I'm saying? They're like inciting the riot and it's just mad energy. No, it's the skit before Love and Blind or Love is Blind. Cause at the end he sure turned into damn, I think you ain't gotta hit her like that. Right, right. Like I didn't know he was gonna do all that. Like, like, oh, like, shit. like me. You like, yo. <laughs> like, yo. They got way out of control. <laughs> like, it wasn't even supposed to go that far, my nigga. Like, we didn't even think y'all was going to do all that. Yes, they did all that. And that's what happens when you're inside a riot. It's an emotional response amongst a whole group of people. And that's been a Trump's presidency. It's been four years of one person inciting riot after riot after riot. Hate, every hate crime, hate group. They all felt energized. Well, you know what, you it's over. What makes it worse is it's somebody that was hyping niggas up to do shit that he would not do. You know what I mean? Like, you listening to the man that's hyping you up, like, and then he gonna you know, be like, my nigga, let's go rob this bank. Not me, dogs. I got you know, You know, we all seen that. Like, I bet you won't hit him. I bet you won't hit him. <laughs> you know, the person who ain't gonna hit nobody. I bet you won't rob that store. I bet you won't do it. You don't let him talk to you like that? You don't let him talk to you like that? I mean, I was just asking a question. I don't know. He said something about your mama. All right. So the official Biden-Harris inauguration playlist, because we're back to doing fun things mm -hmm. in the White House and respecting the arts and spotlighting artists. Uh, they released a playlist. Um, it is on all of the streaming platforms. It was curated by D-Nice and Radio. Shout out to D-Nice. Uh, which is the uh, the audio label, uh, the audio everywhere label founded by Issa Rae and Benoni Tego. And it consists of um, Coda the Fiend is on here at the very beginning, Bruce Springsteen, Kendrick, Mary J. Blige, uh, the OJs, um, Bob Marley's Could You Be Love, Mac Miller's on there, MF Doom is on here. Like, I just need y'all to understand where we at. Um, also included on the playlist, which is intended to, quote, evoke joy and symbolize new beginnings. There's a Marvin Gaye, Stilly Dan, Earth, Wind & Fire, Stevie Wonder, Vampire Weekend, Jackie Wilson, The Brothers Johnson, Odyssey, Whitney Houston, New Radicals, Curtis Mayfield, Tori Moy, Jill Scott, and Dua Lipa. We got a Black White House again, y'all. I feel like that needed one of like either Clue or Flex's bombs at the end of it. And then on top of all that, Kamala got to go into the into the uh, the Senate chambers. 
mm-hmm. and to call out herself as the person who is, is needs to be replaced. Mm-hmm. That got a pretty good chuckle. And then she swore in the first Latino senator in California history. Which is nuts. Which I'm is like, nuts. What? Like, think about California, y'all. I'm like, what? The, nuts. The, the, the Hispanic, the, the Latin X population of California since forever. It's Los Angeles. Los, the, the damn name is Spanish, y'all. Half of and the never, Francisco, San Diego, like they yeah. never had a Spanish representative in the United States Senate. No, that's almost as ridiculous as the fact that Georgia jo- has never had a black man so late or a Jewish. And, and hold up, and that that was the part that really got me. We've never had a Jewish senator. Listen. Y'all keep letting hot Atlanta fool y'all into thinking that this state is not what it is. Well, I mean, it ain't what it is no more. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't that much anymore, you know, because we got we got our cousins in Columbus and, and Macon and, you know, Savannah and Augusta, you know, this, this things is getting a little different. So look, uh-huh. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this again, y'all. We don't go to sleep now. Like, this is cool. But um, what's her name? Uh, Ayanna, what is the name of the senator? Presley. Presley. Ayanna Presley was on uh, Twitter spitting hot fire today. She said, you know, like, you want to thank Black women? Like, forgive student loans. Like, your words are not enough. Like, we're still working. There's still work to be done. So I want to implore you all again. It's great that you got out and voted. It's great that we did what we need to do to change the tide of where this country was going, which was a very mm-hmm place for people who look like me and I got a story on that and it's like for people who live like me and look like me um put a pin in that but that's not enough now you got to stay on top of your senators your your congressmen your city state representatives absolutely and make sure them niggas do everything they promised you while they was bombarding your text messages and inboxes with 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 freaking go vote go register messages (laughs) all right so um national mask mandate Yes. Um, oh, so the, well, the, introduce that properly. So now your man's Biden went into the office, like he got in, he got sworn in at noon. He went to the White House, took his little and, tour, took a little nap. Then, uh, they old, so I'm not going to imagine that him and, and, and Dr. Biden did anything to Chris in the White House or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you needed that visual. Hey, um, <laughs> and at 5 p.m., it was time to clock in. Yeah, they went straight to work. Mm-hmm. Pen game popping. Uh, so he, you know, he starts signing shit, you know. Seventeen um, presidential executive orders signed today on day one, including um, a national mask mandate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stopped the Keystone Pipeline, which Canada's not happy about. Yeah, Alberta, y'all, y'all the fucking be all right. Mm-hmm. Among others, uh, yeah, he signed seventeen. He put us back into the Paris Accords, so you know we can make sure that, like, back in the Paris Accords, we're back, in, also back in the WHO. Um, yeah, uh, uh, and then the one that um, you know particularly to us, let's see, uh, rejoining the Paris Accord, canceling the Keystone, rescinding Trump administration's 1776 commission, and directing agencies to review their actions to ensure racial equity. Um, 
he lifted the restriction on U.S. entry for passport holders from seven Muslim majority countries. I don't know what this is. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, also the wall. We're the not wall doing is that. no longer being built. We're not doing that no more. Um, so. Yeah, like, it's just like, okay, guys, like... Enough no wall. <laughs> uh, so for the next for the rest of the month every day will have a particular theme and the president intends on signing uh executive orders towards that theme each day so thursday will be focused on the pandemic friday will heighten will will highlight biden's push for economic relief so y'all that new city coming in february is, and then boom right after that you will get all your w-2s it's gonna be taxi it's lit yeah, we about to we about to man, we about to be balling. They better stock up on them PS5s. Y'all better be responsible with your money. And them, and them new Xboxes. Y'all better have them ready because we we about to get these stimmies popping. We got the last stimmy, we got another stimmy coming, and we got a stimmy after that. Right. This is gonna be another one. But here's the thing, guys, with these stimmies will also come restrictions. So all the rest of y'all that decided that y'all gotta come party in Atlanta, go on ahead and get that shit out your system because I think Atlanta gonna be locked down after February. I'm just gonna make you my trip. Make it the month. Just gonna make my trip to Minneapolis. I um I thought about possibly like dipping out next weekend because you know my birthday is next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we will we'll be recording and having a bar- a birthday party next Wednesday. Party time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought about going somewhere and I was just like, let me just be a grown up and like fix my car and pay off debt. <laughs> <laughs> We don't, no, 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 no. Have we, birthdays. I'm gonna have more birthdays. We, we're gonna start you a clubhouse uh, birthday cash app. Is that what we're doing? I'm so we're for that. We'll send that. you somewhere. Let's do that. We're gonna send you on a private vacation. I'm with it because here's the thing. I feel like the the new the new order of things is that it's okay if other people are asking on your behalf. It is. I just can't be the one asking for myself. Just yes. like today is my nephew's birthday. My nephew, my nephew turned fifteen today. Happy birthday, nephew! Happy birthday, super nephew! My favorite birthday gift that I've ever gotten because his birthday—he was due on my birthday, but his birthday's a week before mine. Yeah, and um, he asked his mom for books about investment, um, because he's very aware of money and he wants his money to make him money. Mm. And so, you know, I put the call out there and I told my friends and I'm going to tell y'all, you know, Super Neff wanted to start an investment. I mean, start investing money. Let's help him start with his investment fund. And somebody sent me $50 for my nephew, which I really, really appreciate. Um, uh, you know, my cash app is Boogie Likes Cash, dollar sign Boogie Likes Cash. If y'all want to support Super Neff in his quest towards uh, financial literacy and independence, Y'all could either, you know, hit me up on social media and recommend some books that you think are good for a 15-year-old young man who understands numbers well to read. Or, you know, go ahead and hit the cash app and just put for Super Nef in the notes. So I know that's money for him and not money for me. Absolutely. And also, um, just got to bring it up real quick. Um, in Rwanda, they had a um, recent election and uh, Robert... Kayagalani, aka Bobby Wine, um, probably won that election. But the current dictator of the country obviously tried to gag him. So he's re- he's right now he is, excuse me, Uganda. Um, and we're gonna post this um, in the channel too. Thank you, Lo. 
uh, Uganda. That's Bobby Wine. Um, international crisis right now because he is stuck in his home with his wife and his niece and they would not let them get out uh, to get so much as food. Um, so, you know, we're, we're doing what we can to bring international um, recognition to this situation. It's also been on CNN, um, also been on some other major networks. Uh, we were just trying to get over 100 signatures, over 100 signatures now. Uh, but look on Twitter, hashtag free Bobby Wine. That's B-O-B-I-W-I-N-E. Uh, him and his wife, Barbie, and then 18-month-old niece have been under illegal home detention without any criminal charges. Um, and it's, it's a fucking travesty. And, um, you know, we have to make sure that we are aware. And, you know, once again, Clubhouse to the rescue. Um, some good folks came in, educated us on the situation. We had some discourse. And, um, you know, now we're here trying to do what we can. But, you know, um, we got shit going on, but it's things going on all around the world with the diaspora, you know. Um, so we got to make sure that we 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 keep ourselves uh, educated and up on the note. So once again, hashtag free Bobby Wine. That's F-R-E-E-B-O-B-I-W-I-N-E. I'm pretty sure you can find it. The petition is on uh, change.org. Please sign it. Cost you nothing. Share it. Uh, once again, uh, Uganda um, it's, it's, you know, and actually our, um, our representative, uh, the U S representative tried to see him and they would not allow him, her to, to see him. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's some shit. And like, on. usually people don't get in the way of American diplomats. So if they not no, American no. diplomat they, get in there. Cause they know my man won, won the election. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, yeah, Natalie Brown, uh, she tried to visit him. She got blocked. Um, you know, the United Nations Council on Human Rights is aware. Um, also, Bobby Wine's a musician, so you can find his music on um, all, streaming, all streaming platforms, uh, B-O-B-I-W-I-N-E. Um, you know, they're probably blocking his, his income sources and all that. So stream a couple songs, you know. I uh, heard he got a joint with uh, Bougie Bonton. It's pretty dope. So. Um, and also, you know, next, not next week, but I think the following week, um, the Biden administration's initiatives are, are going to be focused on returning the United States to its position in, in, in the world. Um, so, you know, hopefully, maybe that means that we will be able to, once again, be in a position to kind of push some folks to you mm -hmm. know, go talk to some folks. Um, even though I know a lot of people are kind of against the idea of that because, you know, like when our capital was under siege, we don't have anybody to call, but like, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of what happens when you know, That's what we put ourselves in. So, what you know, because um, this is a country made up of folks from all over the world. Right. You know, so that's just kind of how it goes. But All right, guys. Um, shit, man. Whew. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's just been, it's, it's a great day. We're out of the bullshit. Yeah. Um, so while we're talking about like just craziness is going on in the world, I want to bring up one other thing and then we're going to move on to uh, Netflix and music and shit. <laughs> um, I uh, follow, you know, he's my cousin in my head, but he calls himself Cousin Jude. He's a, a Haitian um, chef that's based here in Atlanta. And he posted yesterday the story about how, you know, his mother lives in a town called Fondé Negre. And Fondaneg is literally named that because at one point it was where runaway slaves went and hold up. The funny thing is that there's also a town in, well, so Fon means like, like 
in the cut or like, you know, deep. Um, there's also a town called Fonde Blanc, which is where all the white people that were allowed to stay in Haiti after the, the, the revolution, that's where they fled to. But anyway, his mother lives in Fonenegre. And um, they, he and his mother were having a conversation about how like, apparently it's a thing that happens all the time. And I'm sure it happens to like Latinos also where like they get deported to Mexico, even if that's not where they're from. It's just kind of like, here's where we're gonna dump you. Right, like what? Now, this man has been sent, or he, actually Jude was telling his mother about somebody that he knows who's from St. Martin, who's never been to Haiti or was born in St. Martin, never been to Haiti, being deported to Haiti. Um, if I understand that story correctly, that's somebody who is at least of Haitian descent. There is a man currently in Fondeneg, in his mother's hometown, who is apparently Jamaican, who was deported to Haiti, don't speak a lick of French or Creole, is in a small enough town that there's only maybe a handful of people that can stammer out enough English to communicate with him, and he seems to be mentally ill, and there's no way to um, there's no way to figure out like how to get him back to his people. So we put Jude posted a picture of him. I reposted a picture. If you are Jamaican, if you are of Jamaican descent, if you know a lot of Jamaican people, if you know a lot of people in Jamaica, whether they're Jamaican or not, like share that picture, man, because that man is like. He like and when they deport you, they don't deport you with resources. No. You know what I'm saying? And so they sent you back to a country that you don't know nothing of. And in a small town at that, not even in the capital, like even if you could, even if you did know how to reach your people, like you probably don't have a phone to reach. Like it's just nuts. But right. you know, that's who, um um please, please share. Is that on your Facebook? It's on my it's on my Instagram. The story is on my Facebook. The picture is on my Instagram. I'm gonna share it to Facebook as well. So that's you know I think that like for a lot of people when we think about um, when we think about immigration and deportation we only think about Latinos for the most part. But it's a lot of people that look like us, and it's a lot of people that you know like there are people folks, just like a lot of people of all descent. Listen, I never finished that last season of um, Orange is the New Black because it was just too close to home for me. But that idea of like you coming to the States really, really young and, you know, your parents either never telling you that you weren't born here, that your paperwork wasn't done or whatever. Right. And then you find it out at 40, 50 that you don't, you're not allowed to be in this country and being sent somewhere that you don't speak the language. That's just wild, but it happens to a lot of people. Um, so I will, I, I shared, like I said, it's all my Twitter at St. Boogie. I'll share it on Facebook for those of you who are my Facebook friends as well. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go on to like, you know, trivial life shit. Cause we need trivial life shit to deal with all the other nuts. 400,000 people, 24 million people sick. You know, we've been know, doing right? for a year. All right, so where, where are we starting? We are starting with... What is wrong with y'all? How do you not appreciate the greatness and the genius that was those first two episodes of WandaVision? What is wrong with y'all? Um, yeah, so, uh, all right. Okay, so to break it down, to set the scene, uh, the very first of the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe spinoffs hit Disney Plus last Friday, it's WandaVision. 
uh, you know, so named because it is a story, the story of Wanda, the Scarlet Witch and Vision um, living together. Um, but the way that they set it up, the first two episodes is it is an absolute callback and hearkening to 60 sitcoms. So think Bewitched, think Leave it to Beaver, like that type of vibe. It's very clear to me that that's not where they're going to stay. No, I mean, it, it's it's a journey. Um, so, yes, they're using 60s um, TV to start telling the story. Um, but these are plot devices because there's a whole lot of other shit going on. <clears throat> this, and it's this, right like, there. It's not even hidden. It's like Wanda literally freezing and hearing somebody talking to her. But you know what it is? I mean, I, I, I get it. It was like when when it first started, people didn't really, they didn't, I don't know, because I saw the preview, so I kind of knew where it was going. But let's 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 talk about what what happened to Wanda and Vision prior to and where people's heads were probably at. Right. Right. Um Endgame. Endgame, Infinity War, big ass war, um shit super crazy, big ass fights, explosions, people disappearing, yada yada. And it's like, whoa. What happened after that? Right. And all of a sudden, you got one envision in a, a, a 1960s car <laughs> driving in black and white through Mayberry, you know? And some people, you know, I don't know, I will call them casuals. Some of them aren't casuals, are, are like, what the fuck? And I'm just like, what do you mean? What did you mean? So, okay, I'm a, I'm a comic book head. Right, I'm not even going front. Me and my pop was talking about this today. So I already kind of understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. But Wanda's going through some shit. Um, and if you know Wanda's powers, um, and, and you know the evolution of her power, a lot of it comes from her emotion. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and we, we get all these little things as we go through these episodes and we peep like, yo, something's not right. Not right, yeah. And by the end of the first episode, you know something's not right. And then there's Easter eggs everywhere. And, and a lot of them aren't here. I think the name of the show is an Easter egg. It's called WandaVision. Like, right. Wanda's seeing this and Wanda's making this whole shit up. And you start seeing more and more of it unraveling. Mm -hmm. So we've seen the two episodes. Um, shit's going left, shit's going right. We don't do spoilers. Um, but something's clearly not right. And um, I mean, as a even as a plot device, the cinematography is fire. Okay. You know, and I'll just say this. Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. used the same plot device in their final season. So... Mm. So there you, you know. go. You got something else to go binge. Um, what I um, what was I gonna say? My only beef was they should have either gave us just one episode or gave us six. Like, just give me <laughs> right. Don't give me these two. Like, no, I needed one. I need like at least one more. But I think uh, but they I'm were like, smart. I, I think they were smart because I think after a lot of people watched the first twenty minutes, they were still lost. Right. So I think that second episode for the people who didn't get what was going on in the first one, 
it was kind of like by then you should have been like, oh, okay, cool. We got Man, it. Man, I saw so many people be like, this was boring. What are they doing? And I was like, what? Well, <sighs> I, I watched it, I watched it about six times. And and each time I saw something that I didn't see before. Oh so, shit. Watch again. Yeah, it, it's it's better on the on the second and third watch because you notice a lot of the small details. It's a lot of small details in this episode. And then, you know, yeah. So so you know what else I'm excited about with stream with streaming this week? What? Y'all Americans just found out that it's a bunch of dope ass French shows on Netflix. Yo, you know what? Bienvenue, je vous attendais, j'essaie de vous dire. None of y'all want to listen to me. So you were watching, um, what was it, Lupin? You were watching Lupin? I finished Lupin, yeah. I finished Lupin. <laughs> um, I, I, of course, so like, I remember somebody mentioning something about the, I don't think when I first turned on Lupin that I realized it was French show. And I remember some, somebody saying something about how the um, the voiceover was whack. And like the minute that they hit me with that Saturday morning Kung Fu action where the words and the mouths, I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> So I went into the audio and saw that the, the original was in French and like right. that's how I practice French and Spanish because I don't really talk to a whole bunch of people in French and Spanish my day to day. So right. I watch shows, you know, whenever something drops and it's in French or in Spanish, I'll seek out shows um, in French and in Spanish and just watch them like that. And, you know, that's to, fine. to help to keep myself fresh and then also to, you know, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm going to do that because I, I watched it. I watched it with the whack dub. And and the dub wasn't that whack. It was actually not too bad. Okay. I've seen way worse. Um, but that'll be fun to watch it in, in its original form with subtitles. I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. And, you know, if you guys, like, if you have children who are learning a language or if y'all are learning or trying to relearn a language, like, that's definitely a really good way to do it because it allows your ear to hear it. Like, what I always suggest to people is if it's a movie or a show that you already know and love, Go ahead and watch that in the language, even if you put right. the subtitles on there, because you already kind of know what they're saying. Right. So, yeah. You know, it makes Absolutely. it easier for you to put it, the two and two together. But like, my dad was a super fan of that kind of stuff. There used to be a, a French character named Inspector Poirot. I think they turned into a few movies. I used to love him, bro. I used to love um, reading. I've read a lot of his stuff too. Mm -hmm. A lot of yeah, um, the those. books. My dad was a huge James Bond fan, so watching this whole thing. Centering this fine ass, beautiful African man. Hey, Omar Sai. Hey. Um, <laughs> and watching it in French. Um, it was, it, it's a good show. It's a good show for, you know, like if you're a fan of them, like Ocean's Eleven meets, uh, you know, a lot of people are describing it Ocean's Eleven meets um, uh, National Treasure. Right. Okay. It's like it's super fantastic. Like I mean, the plot holes are you could drive a Mack truck through them shits, <laughs> but it's still fun. You gonna let them rock? Yeah. So then I saw somebody talking about there's another show called um, Call My Agent, which is basically like French entourage, um, except the story is about the agency, but all of their clients are actual French celebrities or whatever. So it's really fun in that way. Oh, that's, that's a good cool. one. Um, if you're into like romantic comedies, there's another one called Blind Date. Um, and Blind Date is basically about this girl who is like trying to get over her ex and like she's having a really, really hard time. And so her friends hire an escort to um, to seduce her, except the escort falls in love. And then she Obviously. falls in love with him and then all the drama that ensues. So like it's a bunch of dope. Is it like, it's like family business. Family business is about... Um, 
a family who owns a um, a butcher shop and they're in financial trouble and somehow somebody comes up with the idea of selling weed. And so now the whole family, dad, grandmother, the kids, uh, one of their girlfriends are all involved in like selling weed for the family. So it's a bunch of dope French shows, but Lupin is breaking records. Uh, Lupin is the first French show to crack the top 10 in the US. Uh, Lupin in the month of January is getting ready to surpass uh, both what Queen's, uh, Queen's Gambit and Bridgerton did. So that's really- Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Bridget, Bridgerton was my shit. Bridgerton is my shit too. I can't wait. They, they said they, they renewed it for five seasons. What I love most about Bridgerton, like the shit that the shit that's extra funny to me is, you know, we got Bridgerton after we heard that story about how Shonda Rhimes, one of the things that led her to leave uh, ABC was how they wouldn't give her the tickets to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if a lot of y'all realize, but like ABC had a show called Starcross that was on the air about two, three years ago that was supposed to be what happened in Verona after Romeo and Juliet died. And the whole, like everybody in Verona was all types of cultures. Like the Capulets were black, like Romeo, you know, Mercutio was black. Like it was a bunch of like Asian, black and um, Middle Eastern people in that show. So to think that that show failed on ABC and then Shonda Rhimes went over to Netflix and gave y'all black folks in a British court and y'all are with it. Um, it's like- I And gave y'all an actual explanation for it. That's why these people were there. Like it wasn't just like, oh, we just going pretend these people here. Nope, it had context. All right, um, let's talk about music or events or whatever. So this week, internet is upset because with everything that's going on, apparently the Super Bowl is still a thing that's still happening. And um, Versus has announced a partnership with uh, the NFL for the Super Bowl. Um, or I think, is it for the Super Bowl? Why? Why is Versus partnering with, with the Super Bowl? Yeah. Uh, hold on, let's see if we have, okay. So what does uh, Versus have to do with the NFL? Over the weekend, Timbaland announced, I'm not watching the video, NFL Pro Bowl Versus. Um, it's, they haven't given any details. It's happening from the 26th to the 29th of January at 8 p.m. Um, they're joining forces to deliver some semblance of the annual festivities of the Pro Bowl, because obviously the Pro Bowl is not happening this year, uh, but we don't know what it entails. Okay. Listen. And people are mad because it's supposed to, you know, versus it's supposed to be for the culture. Listen, y'all. Let's have an NFL talk right now. First of all, none of this shit's for the culture. Okay. Um, that's the NFL, the NBA. I mean, you could literally find some shit and and be and have reason um, to say everything's not for the culture. BT's not for the culture. You know, we could we could go. Tyler Perry's. Down, we can go down the whole list, right? <laughs> she just threw her little jab. I, no, 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 I was joking. I had nothing Tyler to do with Perry. that. Tyler, listen to me. Anybody that hires mad black people is for the culture. Well, the NFL hires mad black people, and so does the NBA, and so does the. NBA. Here's the thing, right? Um, Colin Kaepernick, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get what the fuck he was on. 
Right. We, we get it. But life moves on. And a lot has happened. And, you know, we're not going to discount all these other niggas playing football who are doing great things in their community, mm-hmm. taking this money and, and, and using it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just weird. It's weird because people get on their performative soapboxes. Um, and it's niggas who ain't even watched the NFL in the first place. So to call the NFL an anti-black league when all these players are black, these these Literally. these uh these quarterbacks are black. Literally, you know, I love um, talking about Sierra and how Sierra's the, whole life was changed by a whole ass football player. The people who are uh, you know, like it's it's a lot of money for everybody in the NFL, but it's capitalism. Yes. It, it's capitalism. So yes. when you mix capitalism with niggas, it's gonna be some shit. <laughs> mix capitalism with niggas. It's, you know, we're always and what I mean is we're always gonna somehow I'm sorry. That's not that funny, but that shit was hilarious to me. We're always gonna get the short end of the stick in some way. And and we all understand. And we, you know, we can, we, we're going to, and we're going to keep talking about Colin Kaepernick. But on the back of that, you got people like Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins and all these other players and, and people who are doing amazing things in their community. Let me play um, devil's advocate. Go ahead. Let's just say that Colin Kaepernick had not been fired or had not been, you know, like had, was able to continue playing football. Would Colin Kaepernick have done all the things that he's done in the time since he's left the league? I don't think so. I mean, maybe, maybe not, right? Because no, no, no. Well, what I would say, I mean, I don't think he would have had the platform that exactly. he has. Exactly. And, and that's key, right? Things happen for a reason. And don't yeah. get me wrong. I feel for that man. But at the same time, he's a smart guy. And he understood and made the choice um and 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 you know got the settlement and spent the money on the, the things that he wanted to do you know and and he's doing the work Amazing right things. um so he's happy with that here's, here's if, the if, thing. If, if you don't like the nfl you know but, but once again you got the the uh the nba um fucking major league like it it can, it can go down the list of, of people and, and institutions that are not really for the culture. That we have to work to our, that we have to work for our benefit. Here's the thing: but, I, but they have no idea how much money the NFL has dedicated, and and, and it don't matter why. Right. This real check. The real check was cut. If you go into the majority of these stadiums, it's us working in the stadiums. When the Super Bowl happened here in Atlanta, it was us directing traffic, parking cars, um, working events. Attending uh, bar, it was like it's money being put in the community. Now, I'm gonna say this: um, in 2021, may not be the year. 2022 may not be the year, but at some point, we gotta learn how to stop throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We gotta learn, and we, and we gotta learn how to work shit to our advantage. And like, like, and I don't want to oversimplify things. And you know, somebody may hear this and, and crucify me for it, but like. I got a scholarship. I got a full ride scholarship to the University of Miami just because somebody thought I wasn't good enough. 
You know what I'm saying? Just because somebody thought that black kids were not smart enough. And so they made the criteria for black and Latino kids lower than what they made the criteria for white kids. Is that fair? No. Am I going to take that money? Absolutely. I'm a, I'm an immigrant. Like I'm not even a first generation Haitian American. I'm a fucking immigrant, bro. Like you want to give me money because you think I'm stupid. Thank you very much. (laughs) Right. And I remember, you know, that's the only the only racial conversation I ever had with a white kid at my high school in Oviedo, Florida, which is a podunk town, one town away from a town where people tip cows for fun or did in 1995. Um, The one conversation that I had was with somebody who had the exact same score as me on the SAT. And he felt like it was not fair that he didn't qualify for the National Merit Scholarship. And I've qualified for what was in 1995 still called the National Achievement Award for Outstanding Negro Students. Wow. Okay. The kid who was arguing with me was a third generation Naval Academy student. His granddaddy and his daddy went to the Naval Academy. But you want us to be weighed on the same? No, we're not going to be weighed on the same level. So at some point, like I said, I just want us to really be more strategic in our boycotts, in our demands of people, in our asking people to be accountable for the shit that they give us. Like, I don't give a fuck about y'all not calling something urban. Like there has to be something better that you can do. Like, okay, we all blacked out our our our, our uh, Twitters for one day in fucking June and then what? Nothing. All I got is everybody's got an opinion and they're gonna go online, they're gonna share it. And we're gonna fake and pretend it's a thing. So once again, um, if you want to keep going on about it, so somebody can write about it, y'all can get a couple clicks and they can make some ad money, by all means. It's not really a thing. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. It's not a real thing. So I don't know why we're mad at versus. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, but I mean, I think it could be fun if, um, you know, because they've gotten to a point, I think we're like, they're running out of like matchups that make sense or that could actually happen on versus, right? That are big enough. So it could be fun to take this to a whole different audience and let like football players battle their playlists and let that be the next thing maybe is that, you know, people battle their own playlists and, as opposed to artists coming in. I don't show, know. Show me the goofy nigga on Twitter who would turn down NFL money. I just want to know. Anyway, I like because I, I don't like I don't like giving you know the internet gave everybody an opinion. Everybody can say what they want, and you know that's cool, that's great. But you know, it, it's a non-starter for me at this point. If you don't watch, you don't um, want to watch football. I game. want to don't watch football. I ain't watched a football game in who knows how long. I haven't watched a basketball game since the last time that um, the Miami Heat were in the finals. No, I'm watching. I'm watching the basketball game right now. No, I, uh, did I ever? Did we ever talk about my uh, my non compete clause that I imposed on myself with the Miami Heat? Oh boy! No. Did we? Okay, so I've been a Miami Heat fan since '97. Whatever year Charlie Charlie Ward got flipped on his head. That's all I needed. Um, <laughs> that- Charlie Ward never did nothing to me but go to Florida State, really. That's hey, awesome. Charlie. <laughs> he had an option between Miami and Florida State, and he chose Florida State. And I, I've been a Charlie Ward hater since then. Um, I so, mean, Charlie, Charlie Ward gave you a reason to hate him. I mean, yeah. you know, he chose Miami. Like, it's a much better reason <laughs> than the reason why I hate Tyrese. That's a story for another day. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyway, 
I was always kind of rooting for the teams that were against the Knicks in the 90s. Like, it always just kind of ended up like that. And so, you know, Miami, when that brawl happened and Charlie Ward got flipped on his head, I was like, yep, this is my team. And then I moved there like a year or so later. Um, So I've been a Miami Heat fan since the 90s, right? Once LeBron got to Miami, as a woman who said that you were a Miami fan, the number one answer that you got from men who are chauvinists and think that women know nothing was, you don't know nothing about Alonzo Mourning, though. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, like, shut up. Congrats. You know I mean? like, you played yourself. <laughs> I, I actually watch basketball and I'm actually a, a, a Heat fan. So it became a thing where, like, once LeBron left, I could not jump ship with him. I, no, no, I feel you. Listen, listen. I had to stay. I had to take the L's. And, I, you know, I rode out a, a, a shitty season with the Heat. Like, the Heat were trash, like, from, like, 2000 to, like, 2003. And I was still there. That was my team. Win, lose, or draw. But then when LeBron left, I was like, all right, at this point, like, everybody that I rooted for really has retired. I don't live in Miami anymore. I don't really have a reason to root for Miami anymore, for real. I'm not even really from Miami. <laughs> me yeah i'm capping so i gave myself a two-year you know like after lebron left i was like i have to stay a heat fan for two years and then soon as i was like all right well my two years are over here go these niggas winning again <laughs> so i might be back to basketball there you go double a want to hear the tyree story. what's the tyree story okay <laughs> so back in the day when uh, Black Planet was the social media platform. Was it Black Planet? It might have been AOL, actually. It was AOL, because this is like 96, 97. Back when AOL chat rooms were the social media platform. Um, I met somebody who worked for Red Zone Entertainment here in Atlanta. Red Zone Entertainment is Tricky Stewart's production company. Yes. Um, and so, but you know, like in 1997, I didn't know anything about Tricky Stewart. In 1997, I was a international studies and Latin American studies major at the University of Miami with plans on becoming a freaking diplomat and the first black female Supreme Court mayor. And then you rappers ruined me. But anyway, so I just happened to meet this guy who worked for this label. And, you know, at the time, like there were no camera phones, like you, you didn't even, most of us really didn't even have a scanner on our computers. Like we had to go to Kinko's and scan our photo to put on our profiles or to send to somebody. Um, and so I guess the guy that I was talking to had my photo pulled up while he was talking to me one day and Tyrese was in the studio. Now, let me give y'all context timeline wise. This is singing in the back of a Coca-Cola bus, Tyrese. <laughs> I remember that guy. Okay. This is not even Sweet Lady. This is long before Baby Boy. This is Tyrese, the newly signed artist from the Coca-Cola commercial. Walks into the room, sees my picture. She's pretty. I want to talk to her. Gets on the phone. I'm on the phone with Homeboy. I don't know why I can't remember his name, which is crazy because now I live in Atlanta. At the time, I didn't live in Atlanta. Tyrese walks in the studio. I get my pictures on the computer. Tyrese says, I want to talk to her. This is pre- Sweet lady, long before any movies. This is Tyrese from the back of back of the the Coca Cola bus, singing the song. I can't even. When I think of the song, all I think is of that red man skit. This is I got a soda. That Tyrese. Anyway, 
<laughs> so he jumps on the phone and he makes a little small talk and then he goes so what do you do and I'm like I'm in college and he's like yeah but like what do you do like you sing you write like what do you do and I was like I'm in college and he goes here man I thought she was somebody bitch what oh milk dud head ass don't nobody know who you are coca-cola boy what the fuck you mean <laughs> and so I have held a, cr- a grudge against Tyrese since that fateful day in like March 1997. I ain't seen Baby Boy. I saw, uh, um, what is the song called? Deep, what was it called? The movie with Megan Good, where they were running away from the drug dealers or whatever. Not Into Deep, not Deep Cover. I don't. Anyway, that movie, I seen that one time by accident. Fast and the Furious? When he popped up in Fast and the Furious, I was mad as fuck. When he popped up in my <laughs> show, I almost walked the fuck out. Like, it's beef. That it's shit is real. real. Waist deep, like, yeah, waist deep. In waist deep. recent, waist deep, thank you. And so in recent years, as he started to unravel and kind of show himself, I've been sitting here like, well, I've been telling y'all since 97 that the nigga wouldn't shit. So it's safe to say that you're not hanging out with Tyrese in clubhouse rooms. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious about mine, man. I try really, really hard not to be a hypocrite about certain shit that I feel really, really strongly about. And I feel really, really strongly about that milk dud head ass. Milk dud head ass. <laughs> Yo, y'all don't know I'm from the South and from Florida particularly until I got to cuss somebody out about some shit that I feel in my soul. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, that's my Tyrese story, guys. Uh, all right, so I want to shout out my former clients, the National Museum of African American Music. Um, they were slated to open, I think, this year. I'm sure that the coronavirus has delayed that to a certain extent. However, um, Amazon has donated $1 million to the NMAAM. So are we uh are we are we beefing with this too? Because it's Amazon and I think we don't like Jeff Bezos. Oh, I forgot that people think people don't care. Um then so the museum actually I guess is opening on uh or it opened on Monday. Oh shit. In Nashville. I might have to slide down there before Hayden moves. It's really, really dope. It's um so the way that it's set up, like it's set up like a like almost like you know, an amphitheater. You know, I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm, I'm on this article. It's talking about some only for billboard pros. I'm a billboard yeah. pro fool. Let me sign in real quick. Go ahead and sign in so you can read the rest for us. But the way the museum is set up is really cool because like they have rooms set up for different eras. Um, and it's set up almost like an amphitheater and there's a center room where they're planning on doing like performances and stuff like that. So, um, you know, when I was working on that project uh, through Tree Media, um, I was really, really excited about uh, eventually being able to go there and all the programming they have planned. And this is like an, an all-inclusive museum of African-American music that starts from the slavery roots of gospel music and comes all the way to current day. Word. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you live in Nashville, there's a way for you to safely get to Nashville and there's, you know, a way for you to safely visit the museum, I highly encourage it. Because this is the type of shit that we need, right? This is what legitimizes our place in uh, in history. And, you know, I love every time that Black people are able to claim these kinds of moments. So, these are the facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, move on to uh, a little bit of, oh, wait, I'm sorry. There was one other thing that I did want to bring up about the NFL, which is that, again, Super Bowl really is apparently happening. Super Bowl, uh, was that 55? Dang, that should have been a really big deal. But it wouldn't have been anyway, because it's in Tampa. Shouts to Apollo. (laughs) Shouts to Tampa. Um, What are you talking about? Florida's wide open. Yeah, Florida's wide open, but I mean, you know, Tampa's still Tampa. I know, but niggas going to be there partying. Oh, yeah, they are. That's what niggas do. Because just like they're here, like they were here in mass last weekend. There's all kinds of shit happening in Atlanta last weekend. Um, and I think like for some reason I had blocked out of my head the fact that like out-of-town promoters were really throwing events in Atlanta. Oh, I went to um, I went to the escape room last week and, and I went to the gold room. And what was that gold room? Random niggas mm. in sections. Mm. Now, now, mind you, the gold room is at maybe sixty percent capacity. Okay, but of course, niggas are all huddled in sections. Mm. So, I mean, it's mad space. <laughs> space every fucking where. Okay, but still, niggas choose violence. Uh, Fifty niggas in one booth with uh, six hookahs, uh, women yeah, twerking. You know, money on the floor for some reason. I'm like, why is there money on the floor in the gold room? It's not a strip club. Did you figure it out? Nah, there was ones. You know that rules in Atlanta. Mm. I mean, I thought those rules only applied to strip clubs. Yeah, maybe. I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> but anyway, you know, yeah, I I, I stood outside the section because I'm like, yo, it's all the space in here. Why y'all on each other? I got my little drink and I was chilling with my mask on. I'm confused because, all right, so the NFL just announced their lineup for the Super Bowl kickoff show, which is happening at 6 p.m. on February 7th, which is the actual day of the Super Bowl. Performing. Uh, hmm? Who's the performer? Uh, her is performing America the Beautiful and Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church will sing the national anthem like together? Yes. Um, Warren Wawa Snipe, who is a deaf rapper and performer, will be doing both the National Anthem and America the Beautiful in American Sign Language. And uh, the National Anthem will be arranged and produced by Adam Blackstone. How you arrange and produce? Never mind, I'm chilling. They, this inc- huh? inclusion, when inclusion, when inclusion goes, goes wrong. Oh, this, this <laughs> Jay-Z Super Bowl. This is a whole... Yeah, this is the whole bowl. This the this the lot. This the Rock Nation bowl. This is the Rock Nation Super Bowl. Okay, oh, that makes there's sense. There's gonna be a Rock Nation brunch at the Super Bowl. Yes, of course. Hmm. Well, anyway, you guys, Super Bowl Fifty Five. It's happening. CBS. It's gonna be on CBS. They seem to be pretty excited about it. Mm, uh, Halftime. Go to Tampa. Mikey, road trip. Halftime show. Who's performing at the halftime show? Oh, it's the weekend, right? Because that was the whole brouhaha with him and, and the Grammys, because the Grammys were like, oh, yeah, let's figure out a way for you to be here and perform here, too. And then they didn't nominate him for anything. Right. How about that? The, the weekend is your halftime performer. I'm really trying to figure out, like, what does that look like? Because, like, other than other than Drake, who would the weekend bring out? 
Um, he's got quite a few collabs. I mean, I could, I guess it just depends on, you know, then they do mashups and all that stuff too. So you could very well see Beyonce or somebody. Hmm. Shouts to Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy was added as a performer on um, Brown Skin Girl. And so she's now one of the youngest Grammy nominees ever for best video for Brown Skin Girl. I think it would be dope if we saw like a band situation with like Florence and the Machine, um, you know, maybe French Montana, just some ratchet shit. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got a, he's got a bunch of ways he can go, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, no matter what, <laughs> I will never have anything negative to say about the weekend because the weekend man- managed to convince America to give him a Kids Choice Award for a song about cocaine. So. <laughs> gotta respect that oh man has a kids choice award for a song called i can't feel my face it's a legend we stand uh-huh um all right speaking of canadians aubrey has pushed back certified lover boy um it was supposed to come this month he got one his stories on today actually and said, I was planning to release my album this month, but between surgery and rehab, my energy is dedicated to recovery. I'm blessed to be back on my feet and feeling great and focused on the album, but CLB won't be dropping in January. Yeah, I mean, let that man recuperate. It's cool. What was wrong with him? He, I think he had like some surgery. He hurt his uh, leg or something knee like surgery. that. That's what it was, knee surgery. Oh. No. Um, it said the rapper has not shared any details on surgery. Back in October, he shared a photo of his leg in a brace, which prompted speculation that he suffered a knee injury. Right, shooting that damn uh, the damn last video <laughs> when he got oh, tackled. Yeah. <laughs> when he got yeah. tackled by uh, yeah. Sometimes you laugh, sometimes you cry, baby. Baby. Yo, speaking of which, let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about how great yet forgettable Drake hits can be. Here's what I mean by that. When you hear them, they're always so great, right? Like it could be trophies, it could be whatever. Like if they played mm-hmm. you're the best, best I ever had tomorrow, you'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, um, Drake is definitely that guy that, damn, I don't even remember. I can't even remember. I, I like that song that much. Big shout out to our producer, Anatomy, Michael, Mr. DeLeon, uh, who produces all of our content, films everything. So if you need anybody to uh, help out with your podcast and uh, you have currency to pay him, then, you know, make sure you give him some. Also, shout out to the homies Hayden and uh, Double A and uh, Low. Uh, I saw Amanda dip in here for a second. I saw the homie uh, Chuck Creekmer jump in here. You know, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Did y'all know Chuck Creekmer was who gave me my name? Yeah, I did. Uh, shouts to the vegan foodie. You know, my shirt says my ancestors versus my enemies. And um, I love being able to buy shit from my friends. Like, uh, Supernav got a Chilio hoodie for his birthday. And my niece got a new book that was written for by some of my friends. Um, but anyway, okay, back to Drake. <laughs> so yeah, we were talking about Drake songs and how they're 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 amazing and forgettable. So yeah. I have this playlist called Morning Awesomeness where I just dump like any feel good song, any song that I love, 
that I feel like I want to listen to in the morning that gives me energy goes in there. So that playlist is like 300 songs long. I never get to hear all the songs, right? So I pull it up the other day and hit it on shuffle and I see Drake in my feelings. I'm like, the fuck is a Drake in my feelings? Like, what song is this? And then it comes on and I'm like, oh, right. All it's box. the Kiki Do You Love Me song. Listen, I've, I've, I've seen a DJ do a three hour Drake set. Yeah. Everything was a hit. Nothing but bops. Yes. But it's just like, are you thinking about Drake all the time? Like, is is he like, you know, at the at the front of your brain, you know, like when you're talking about stuff? So we did we did two rooms this week uh, on Clubhouse. We did Best Rapper Alive, we did Best Producer Alive, and of course, uh, you know, there was there was Drake slander, um, but a lot of us chose violence and said that Drake was definitely in the conversation, you know. So, but but. That I was mean, interesting. That's definitely if the criteria. Definitely if the criteria is sales, hits, lyricism, ability to, to to songwriting ability, ability to pick beats, yeah, ability to take somebody else's style and make it the dopest shit ever and <laughs> act like it was always yours, Jay Z. Um, yeah. You yeah, can't really break that conversation. No, not at all. It's so. just like Kanye. Like, um, so somebody posted on who was it? Somebody posted on, oh, it was Joe Scudder actually. Said, who's in your top five if you can't say Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas, or three or three sex? Why was breaking Kanye gotta go on mine? Nah, I'm good. I'll take Drake. Why would you not take Kanye? Shenanigans aside. Kanye's an artist. He's not a rapper. Okay. I'll take that. I was listening to Feedback the other day and felt like Feedback was like one of the most creative. um, And I know that like, I know I'm old and, you know, maybe I don't listen to as much new shit and uh, um, groundbreaking shit as I could. I don't, there's not enough Lil Uzi Vert in my life possibly. but uh, NBA young boy, <laughs> there's definitely zero NBA young boy in my life, none whatsoever. Um, I just got to the point where I could figure out uh, little baby's voice as distinct as it is. Um, but yeah, I was listening to the feedback and I was like, this is a very creative, um, you know, and Kanye's kind of good for that anyway. I think that if, I, if I if I just go through like my playlist, like if I put any random playlist on shuffle, um. Drake or Kanye are on, on almost all of them. Kanye's not on my, like my global bops playlist, but I feel like there's probably a Kanye song that could end up there. So once again, yes, there's, you know, Kanye has some great songs, but I'm not gonna credit a person who's, you know, who has that much help with his music. It's like me putting Dr. Dre on the list. There's really no difference between Doctor on the list. Say what? Like you putting Quincy Jones on the list? No, I'm talking about rappers. Oh, Do- oh okay, okay. I see. What it's like saying. I said. It's like me putting Doctor. It's like me putting Doctor Dre on the list. I see what you're saying. You know, um, with his lyrics. But I mean, I, Kanye's Kanye's more of an artist than Dre is. Overall, you know, emotion, um, just his attention to detail in the performance aspect, but. 
I, I Kanye's delivery is still iffy for me. I think we just got used to it. And, um, you know. Kanye will give you some absolute trash bars, too. And, um, you know, <laughs> that, you know, that, what was it, um, Bound? <laughs> like, yo. Yes. We listen to the bound, like, what did he say? Or, or, you know, when he said a Mercedes in one of the Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he's as good as the homie who helped him write the song. Mm. Um, or the guy that made him write the beat, and there's there's so much value in that. So it's not shade. Yeah. But it's just, it's being honest. Because once again, I love Dre, and I love when Dre raps the shit that Jay-Z wrote for him. I love when Puff, you know, uh, finally learned how to rap the shit that Twister wrote for him, you know, on uh, on on um, his album that nobody ever talks about, which is one of my favorite albums of all time, No Way Out. Yo, I was just about to mention uh, uh, Senorita. No Way Out's amazing, you know. Gotta go back and, on, on every every joint. He sounds like the person who's on the joint with him. Yes. Because they wrote it, and that's cool. I'm good with that. I'm here what for the was on. Is, is this the end? Yes. I can never let a man cry. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm to go listen to that. So I'm man, yo, that album is so uh, underrated. It's it's definitely man. That joint got me through through college. My my freshman year, I was playing that shit on the jukebox. Is this been around the world. Man, Sega Rita, um, you know, mommy, Yo. Mommy, hey. so we had the official like membership drive event for the Uptown Car Club, which is a social club for people, you know, of a certain age who are, um, and of a certain age, like I don't mean old, like I mean, like you know, 35 and up. Um, but everybody's welcome who are fans of, you know, cars that kind of give you that, that, um, that paid in full aesthetic, you know, like, like classic luxury cars from like the eighties and nineties. Um, so when y'all see me pull up in this 96 range or this 96 G wagon, I want to hear shit. Um, but so we did the event or whatever. DJ SNS was there and SNS literally played like every Jay-Z song ever, ever released. Well, not well. No, he played pretty much the whole entire Reasonable Al- Doubt album, and I had to go and thank him because, like, it's a bunch of Jay Z album cuts that I obviously don't ever hear in the club because they're album cuts, but that I love and I definitely have a club feel, like day party mm-hmm. feel, whatever that he played. But then when he played that "Been Around the World" remix, oh man, still we been playing. Like, okay, anyway. Guys, <laughs> uh, we're doing another edition of this week on Scammers on on Clubhouse. Before we get to the new music, yes, we are. So apparently, because these names are too funny to make up, YBN Drippy and Growth God, Growth God, are charging people to listen to their music. They are also posing as A&Rs from Atlantic Records. Um, we've been talking about, we've been making fun of new people on Clubhouse and what they bring versus, you know, what it was, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm one of the good ones. I bring it, Right, but you know, it, it was kind of a joke. 
but it's a lot of really whack scammers on there. Yeah. So, you know, these cats posing like the ARs from Atlantic Records. Um, when nobody knows them, you know, and it's like y'all really got on an app with real ARs to pretend to be ARs. How dumb are you? Like we wasn't right. gonna spot you, you know, immediately, you know. And then like I'm looking funny at the people who want you on the app too. So, you know, it's it's just out of pocket. But okay, but, it is out of pocket, but I want to say this real quick. Um Y'all, it's fucking 2021, bro. I understand being hungry. I understand having a dream. And I understand my point of privilege, right? Like, I understand. I got lucky as fuck. When I decided I wanted to get into this business, I got super lucky, right? And I got plugged in with the right people from jump. Like, I did. I, I had one internship with somebody that was not even a scammer. Like he was a promoter who, you know, played himself up to be bigger than what he actually was. But like he was legit a promoter. He did events. Um, but I was in Miami. And so I was able to connect with, you know, like Khaled when he was first starting out or DJ Irie or, you know, like whatever. Um, like, but y'all gotta be smarter about the shit at this point, man. Like it cannot be like, like um, DJ Z works too hard on Twitter for y'all to still be getting scammed by people just because y'all are not vetting them. Like Z spent all of 2019 and 2020, huh? But the problem is it can't just be him. No, it can't just be him. But it's not, it's also not just him. Like I, I called him out to be funny, but it's not just him. Yeah, but I, what, what I'll say is there are a lot of niggas who don't call it out because they're industry niggas that are scammers too. And they don't want to blow the whistle because people start looking at them funny. So that's that's the real problem. The real problem is that there are a lot of scammers who niggas look up to. So it ain't just drippy and growth god. <laughs> there are people right now who have plaques, who um, you know, have success, and they're whole scammers. And they are the most trash people on planet Earth. Oh, I just thought but because of <laughs> because because they have perceived success. Um, we, we, we let them live and it's, it's like apathetic industry niggas who sit by and let them do it. So that's why people like this get to live. Um, but once again, we need as people who've been in the music business and who know who's on what's what these young kids don't, don't have the opportunities to know what we do. Right. They just know you get on the internet. Um, you hope some you hope you find an NR, you hope they like your stuff. And then you blow up. That's what they know. Um, there's no music education, they don't have no OGs, nobody in the hood is telling the kid in North Philly or in in Overtown or you know, any of these places how this shit really works. Yeah. All the scammers is getting to them. You know, they doing they doing all the scammer shit. Um, so you know, we 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 gotta call this out um but but no i i completely feel you because also niggas need to educate themselves and yes you know but i mean how they, long they, were you in the music business before you went and bought a this business of book whichever one it was that you got i ain't never bought no book really 
No. Hold on. You know why? Why? So, because I was learning the business from people in real time. Okay. Um, and, and, and then, you know, my friends were attorneys. Um, my, you know, some of my first events I went to were, were conference. I used to go to conferences and sit there. You know, I met Wendy Day and got to listen to her and, and listen to people from, you know, Cherry Media Group and, and, and all these big publishers and all this stuff talk about the business. And then, you know, I got to go hang out and listen to, to Rock Wilder and, and Buck Wild and, you know, really talk about yes. the industry and how it so, works. So we need to bring back like actual music education in that format. Because Absolutely. I did Cause I definitely Absolutely. learned from those people as well. But like, you see this book right here? Yeah. This is of artist management. I bought this in 1998, this actual copy. And it's so crazy because I have a bunch of books that like got wet. Like I lived in a, in a basement apartment one time that got flooded and I had a whole box of books that got wet. And like, I still have these water damaged books for whatever reason. All my music business books, I have this one, I have the, the original This Business of Music book by uh, Donald Passman. I have a, like, books I'm, for me. Like my homegirl. Before free shit on, on, on YouTube. So I just, you know, but again. Books can't, books can't stop you from, books can't, they're not going to protect you from scammers. No, they're not. They're um, not going to protect you from somebody again, pretending. I do agree that, like, there's a certain level of privilege to which you, you don't realize you have sometimes until you come across people who don't have it. Um, access is a level of privilege. Like I remember, you know, moderating a panel at A3C and, um, you know, our two panelists were actual ANRs and people were asking questions like, you know, how do I connect with you, da, da, da. And they were giving them answers like, well, you know, like, you know, the standard industry shit, like don't, <laughs> follow, don't find us, we'll find you. You know, you got to network laterally, da, da, da. Okay, but I live in fucking Walla Walla, wherever Walla Walla is, Michigan? Washington. Washington. Uh, which was <laughs> Michigan, Kalamazoo. Um, I live in a small town where we don't even have an urban radio station and we might get one rap show every every three, four months. Plus now it's COVID, so ain't no rap shows. Who am I networking with? So I get I get that everybody doesn't have access or did not have access starting out like I did, right? But right. like, come on, man. Like we can't, like, and, and again, I put it on the scammers. The scammers are wrong as fuck for doing it, but it can't just all be on the scammers. Like at some point, well, it's on everybody. It's on, it's on, it's on both because the same thing with with um with these executives, especially these black executives that know that they're leading these kids into these predatory situations. It's on all of them. You know, one of my homies, man, he he's he got in some pretty bad situations that he, you know, he didn't know he signed some bad contracts, and I didn't know that the lawyer that they gave him was an attorney that I know um, who's been around us, but he's also key key with the fucking labels and shit and with the publishers. Right. So, you know, they got, they got their ways to get you. They, they make it look good. That's, that's what the scam is. The scam is not a, always a lack of information. The scam is somebody, it, it's a lack of experience. You right. know, somebody like, cause you know what you need. Or you think you know, right? And then somebody comes along and pretends to be that. It's right. not new though, because I remember 
they used to hire a random middle east middle-aged white dude bring him to events put him you know in the vip and say he's an AR at some record label and guarantee you um a record deal at the end of the night if you was the best to act hmm. you know what i'm saying so scams have been around it's just For sure. when we when we see something we got to say something all right well my my goal my dream for 2021 now that we're past the bullshit i be i really be feeling like the new year doesn't start till my birthday anyway i'm shallow y'all know this um but i really hope that you know like i think like when 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 the lockdown happened everybody got you know super excited about doing all these webinars or whatever and then everybody got burnt out and everybody stopped doing them and then of course people didn't people most people didn't document the wealth of information that was being distributed properly and then also you know a lot of y'all were in these chat rooms in these zooms um sharing you know trying to get likes on and follows on instagram instead of actually listening to the information that was being given to you and asking the questions that you need to be asking so cheers to 2021 um you know continuing to uh, capitalize on the fact that a lot of people are at home and um, therefore we have to decimate this information that we would have normally saved for a South by Southwest or an A3C. And now we're able to do it online and more people have access to it. And by the way, South by Southwest is happening virtually. And if South by is happening virtually, that means that the majority content is going to be the panels. So y'all might want to look into that. It's got to be cheaper than actually going to Austin. Even if the ticket prices were the same price, like you're obviously not traveling to Austin or getting a hotel or having to eat for three days. So it's cheaper. So right. get into that. All right. All right. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Cardi B's debut, movie debut, and um, Pop Smoke's acting debut. Uh, so we're going to do that really, really quick. There's a trailer out for a movie called Boogie by... Um, Eddie Huang, I'm not pronouncing his name wrong, um, but the the they, the trailer was released on Tuesday. It is the coming of age story of a Chinese high school basketball star named Alfred Boogie Chin, being played by Taylor Takahashi. And this uh, basketball player lives in Queens, faces off court challenges such as an Asian cultural stereotypes, Asian cultural stereotypes, and on court rivals like Monk, who is played by Pop Smoke. So Pop Smoke has a significant, um, you know, supporting role in this movie. Um, and just every time I see like this, Mac Miller being on the presidential inaugural playlist, or, you know, I saw another clip about, um, I think Juice World's final video that he recorded before he passed. Like, it just makes me so sad, man. Um, Life is precious. Yeah. Um, Funk Flex dropped the first single from his next album, uh, last month, and it was a single featuring um, King Von. It's just crazy shit. Uh, and then Cardi B has her first uh, leading role in a film. Uh, it's a movie called Assisted Living. And it <laughs> is the story of Cardi's character as a small-time crook who finds herself in over her head when a high school's wrong. Here is my only apprehension about that. Um, I don't wanna see Cardi as Cardi for a whole two hours. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't wanna see performance Cardi. I don't wanna see, 
Like I want Cardi to not be playing herself. But I I know that that's. I, I feel like a lot of people have gotten away with doing that. I don't think she could do it forever. But I think in the beginning of your career, you can absolutely get away with playing yourself, especially oh, yeah. if you're you if you're funny. Yourself. If you're funny, you know, like if, if you're entertaining naturally, then you can do it. I mean, you know, Rich Pryor, right? He's playing himself no matter what you put him in. This nigga was Rich Pryor. Um, it works for certain people. So I'm I'm. Um, I'm, I'm here for it just to see, you know, her, her progression, you know, um, that role definitely was meant for Tiffany Haddish. Okay. I'm chilling. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about music. Um, our playlist. I definitely, I definitely want to talk about Tiffany Haddish. Huh? She needs to stay off of damn, uh, social media. So we talked about last week. We gave her, we gave her plenty of burn last week. Did she do more shit this week? I don't even remember. Have I been on Clubhouse this week? No, I ain't see her on it this week. Huh. And she brought her up. Anyway, what are we, we talking about? Are we going, we're going we to music. Uh, <laughs> we're going to music. We're going to music. Um, last week was light on albums again, but, you know, we found some dope singles that are worth y'all checking out. Uh, namely, your girl Ariana Grande came through with the 3435 remix. Featuring Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited um, for Meg. Nah, I, Doja and Meg killed it. Um, I I love seeing them get together and make music because I, I think they're both super super talented. Um, you know, women have been running the music industry for the last couple of years, like mm-hmm. seriously. So let the dominance continue. I'm here for it. I like that she went and got two girls it, because it's definitely the kind of record where somebody at some point would have suggested there be a man responding to the song on the on the remix. Okay. Um, and I'm glad that I'm glad that we got you know more girl power, talking raunchy shit but politely. Like I told y'all, um, uh, Ariana Grande gives me you know small assistant manager. <laughs> lightweight kinky with her boyfriend the mall manager well uh, yeah even when she said even when she talking Up to the daylight and you're like no Ariana. well she talking nasty and it just still don't come off it looks better when you read it you know give me the babies it's like i don't really see you as that nah. like oh girl come on that's so cute you're, you're capping <laughs> bless your heart you don't swallow bless your heart but, you know, by all means, that doesn't mean that we need you to, like, jump all the way the fuck out the window and, and pull a Miley Cyrus. Like, you can stay right where you're at and give us these, you know, wholesome, wholesome, dirty girl. <laughs> it's a good song. It's it's a good song that's made better by two solid performances by some rapping-ass women. Give us these. My nudes are never really actually nude vibes. <laughs> right. It, it's just me in a nude outfit. <laughs> me in some cute lingerie. It's not really nude. It's That's just the color nude. It's really a bathing suit. Okay. Um, Macklemore dropped a freestyle called Trump's Over. Mm-hmm. And I discovered this evening, I came to grips with the fact that I'm just genetically predisposed to not maybe not genetically, but I'm predisposed to just not fuck with Macklemore at this point. And that makes sense. But I think overall, it was a, it was a good effort. 
what bothered me was there's a line on there about liberal white people not saying nothing while black people are dying. And I'm like, but where were you last year, Macklemore? Apparently he was somewhere saying something. Oh, true. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, you know, maybe he was out there in Occupy Seattle or, you know, I'm going to tell you what, them Northwest boys this year, they've been getting it in. Okay. okay. Portland, Seattle, they've been fucking people up. Okay. Yes. They, they've been going to war. So Macklemore, if you was out there. Here's what though, when you're a celebrity and you're out there, like the expectation is that your presence is to amplify whatever's happening, right? Like that's yeah. how we know that old boy from uh, Insecure. I don't know his name, but I know he was at Mad Parade last year. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't even know. Nathan from Insecure. I don't know his real name. Um, but you know, I ain't heard Macklemore's name all of 2021 and all the shit that was happening and all the Paris was burning. And you know, you could have came out with your Trumps over freestyle, and I would have probably felt I wouldn't have felt okay about it, Macklemore. Let's just let's just keep it a buck. I'm not for you, you are not for me. However, like that line didn't sit with me. Like that whole, you know, liberal white people not saying nothing. I'm like, it's literally you and your mom and But I mean, I mean, but I know who he's talking about. He's not talking about, he's not even just talking about people that are outwardly, you know, outspoken about the cause. He's talking about apathetic motherfuckers, yeah. people who play this liberal role and there's then a, they're still racist. There's a, a, okay, you say the people that are still racist. Yeah, because being liberal don't mean, being a progressive doesn't mean you're progressive for black people. It doesn't mean you're progressive for minorities. It means you, you know, he, and he named particular instances like, People who care more about the environment or dogs and shit than they do about people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a very progressive liberal stance to take, but you don't really care about actual you people. Know, nah, not at all. So. Um, there's a Martin Luther King, I think it's Martin Luther King quote that I see circulating every so often where it talks about how the moderate white is more dangerous than the radical racist. That's a fact. Because you know, in your in your moderation, you're in order for you to be a moderate, you have to close your eyes and turn a blind eye to so much shit. Yes, you do. Um, yeah, no, they're they're the ones who have they're the ones who've been woken up in all this. Yeah. Oh my god. God. This is what's been going on. Why wasn't wasn't the capital as heavily guarded? (laughs) Really. Hey, black people, why didn't you tell oh us about God. this? Oh, my God, why you did my nigga. do this to y'all? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Bro, you know, my whole my whole Facebook page has been, I told you so. Mm-hmm. Because I told you so. Literally, every year, yeah. I'll get the, the memory of the year before. So, you know, I'm getting I'm getting all the smoke of what I said four years ago when, when, when Trump got elected. I'm getting all the stuff I said uh, in between the campaign. I'm getting the things that I've said about everything that he's done. And all I'm doing is reposting them with the I told you so. With the Oprah Oprah with the, shrug. Yeah. Right, with the with the we told you so. Um, all, right. all right, so in this music, let's see who else. Uh, the baby dropped a joint called Masterpiece. I like it. Listening to it, it sounded to me like baby heard all the feedback that we gave him off of that last album that was undercooked. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went back into the kitchen. 
which is good. I think that a lot of people miss that opportunity when like when you blow up and then you think you're too good to listen or, you know, like you think you've, you like you're set and you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's, it's good to kind of be reminded that, no, you still got to put in effort. Um, the joint is called Masterpiece. The video's out. It's pretty dope. Um, Smino dropped a little short joint called MLK Drive. With a very dope visual that I, I would suggest that everyone go see. I think I'm going to go find a This Is Smino playlist and listen to that tomorrow because Smino is one of those people that I keep forgetting I fuck with. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he'll drop something. I'll be like, oh yeah, I like this guy. But then I'm not necessarily thinking about it. All right, who should we do first? Uh, Robin Thicke or Zayn? Pause. Let's go with Robin Thicke. It's really funny that um, Lost Without You came on somewhere the other day. Like I was outside the house. I was at a store and me, my home girl, and um, the girl who was shooting her content and the girl who was in the store were all singing the song. And we were like, damn, man. Like that man really threw his whole career away. Well, Robin is hoping that y'all have forgotten. I've forgotten. I don't remember why we were mad at Robin Thicke. Oh, yeah, what, what, what was happening? <laughs> he was his wife and made a whole trash-ass album trying to make up to her. That's what it was. Oh, okay. It was like a whole trash-ass album where we were just like, ooh. Mm. That ain't none of, of my business. That the album was trash? Or that he cheated no. on that he cheated on his wife. So. Oh, yeah, no, we don't care about the cheating on your wife. It's the let me make... <laughs> 12 song apology and it's all trash. That was <laughs> like had that, you come back and made 444, had you ignored it all together? Had that, you one song on there that was an apology to your wife, and then the rest that was just fire ass uh RB bops as you are known to do. We'd have took it. But he blew it all up. Um, the interesting thing is that like neither of it's like the first time that you see a celebrity couple break up and nobody flourished, benefited. Nobody talked about either of them afterwards. Like, I don't know what the last thing Paula Patton was in. I saw a movie. It was her and the dude from Antoine Fisher. Yes, the like one a, where she was like being trafficked. She's a flight no, she was a flight attendant. Is that the one? Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was actually that was I mean it was campy and cheesy, but it was it was kind of cute. Wasn't um who was in that? <laughs> Not Megan Good. It was somebody else that was in that movie. I got it. Um, she was in this other movie where she's being trafficked. And it was like the wildest shit. It's like her and her boyfriend rent a house in the mountains somewhere. And like, there's some bicycle gang in that town that's actually trafficking women. And it was just like, kind of to show you like just how easily a woman can get abducted and trafficked. Mm. So I did see her in something, but anyway, Robin Thicke's new joint is called Beautiful. It's um, a very good army record. I'm excited about good army record. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go digging the credits because uh, I, I mean the arrangement, the man. That's some nice little pre-courses and, and vibes on there. You didn't pull that up already? Surprise. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to. Uh, He's got a whole album coming out, so. Huh? He's got a whole album coming out. Oh, he does? Yes. Well, you know, we should appeal to whoever it is that makes these decisions and see if we can 
let Robin think back to the cookhouse, the cookout or whatever the fuck y'all be saying. I never stopped listening to that that second album, by the way. Oh God, the album was even called Paula. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, 2014. Um, hey guys, uh, one, 1D fans um, and pop music promoters. Zayn Malik wants to make R&B records and he's really good at it and y'all should just let him be an yeah, R&B. I mean, yeah, let that, let that man do his R&B numbers. Don't, don't treat him like y'all try to treat Justin Bieber. What was the remix that he was on where it was like, Oh, it was him, um, Trey Songs, and somebody else. You remember what I'm talking about? I think it was Trey Songs song. It was no, it's Chris Brown back to sleep mega mix. Which oh my god, I'm sorry, I just pulled up a version that says R. Kelly on there. Whoa, hey, R. Kelly, August Alcina, Zayn Malik, Anthony Hamilton, Ooh. Usher, and Tank. Um. Yes, somebody made that shit up. Okay. The real remix was um, uh, Zayn and Usher and Trey Songs in August. No, that was really a thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm in shock. (laughs) So Zayn just dropped his third um, solo studio album. It's called Nobody's Listening. Um. (laughs) <laughs> I want to definitely shout out my guy Symphony um, who is a producer that I know pretty well from Philly um, got a got a nice little placement on there the pop placements are always good um, and that dropped last Friday by the way yes it dropped this last Friday um, but people are listening and the, the lead album excuse me the lead song was Vibes um, and we, we, we took a listen. So, so how do you feel about vibes? I would, my literally, I literally said what I just said to you, which is that like, I really want them to just go ahead. I feel like nobody has serviced Zane records to R&B stations. And that's right. where it needs to be. That was an R&B right. record and it's really good. A lot of the records on here are really good. Um, he has a song on there with Sid. Yes. And I really fucking good. love Sid's voice. Um, Connection is my favorite. Um, the vocal performance on that one is is top notch. Um, this it's it's a good it's a good joint. Vibes is a good song. First of all, Vibes is a, a perfect um, bop. I mean, even using the popular words and phrasing, everybody everything is vibes these days. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it works. It works in the club. It, it works in the R&B stations. Um, you know, we need to start getting that out there. Uh, but no, I mean, he put he put together a good album, a really good album. So yeah, nobody's listening. You should go listen to it. So let's uh, make an executive decision together here. Um, Sis and I have been toying with the idea of a playlist, a weekly playlist. And I feel like that playlist will be singles that drop, but then also maybe songs from albums that drop during the week that we really fuck with? What you think? Okay. Why not? Ten, ten songs? That sounds about right. 
We'll have to figure it out by Monday. We'll we'll drop a link for y'all on Monday. Does that sound like enough time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. Um I think we Okay, look guys. Um to recap today's show, Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead, Witch Old Witch, the Wicked Witch, Ding Dong, the Wicked Witch is Dead. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I, I, I learned English watching coming to um, watching The Wizard of Oz and Coming to America, both of those together. Weird combination. Anyway, um, yeah, we are. We talked about you know the the inauguration today. Uh, what else did we? What else are we on today? The Super Bowl, and we don't understand why people are mad at Versus. And talked about clubhouse scammers. Stop, scammed, um, stop scamming people because scamming people is whack. We talked stuff. about WandaVision and uh, really Ooh. dope French TV. Can we like have a WandaVision <laughs> watch after party on Clubhouse? Right. So, just to let you know, I mean, I'll watch it again. But I do watch it every Thursday night going into Friday with Dallas Penn and a bunch of other nerds. Oh, okay. Well, then just tag, just, just say, yes, hi. We do this every night. Just jump in the room. It's like, yes, hey. it's like three in the morning. Mm, okay, maybe not. Because that's when it comes out. But we can definitely do it. But yeah, I think uh, Mikey's I about to stop stuff. dropping shit at midnight California time. Like, that's very rude. They don't care about us East Coasters. They don't care about us East Coasters. Wow. They also don't care about Hawaii. I mean, I guess no. they get to Hawaii early. I don't know. Or yeah, so, um, man, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, yes. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Season two, episode three. Hot damn, it's a new day. Uh, the show is, st- I mean, he is still at Scissor215 on all social media platforms. I am, and uh, she's at St. Boogie on everything. I am. I am indeed. The show is at the Oh, and and the Cash App. Hold on, we got to give him Cash App. Cash App is Boogie Likes Cash. Boogie Likes Cash. My birthday's on the 27th. I'm an Aquarius. Um, And I'm not going anywhere this year, unless y'all send me on the show. no 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 long walks on the beach, but, you know. But as soon as I can get to a beach, baby. Baby, I have been stalking <laughs> Verbo. Like, what? It, I don't know if it's gonna be Verbo. I don't know if it's gonna be uh, Airbnb. I don't know if it's gonna be a carefully vetted hotel. I feel like hotels have been super duper 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 careful in this Panasonic um, because their business has been impacted the most by this Ponderosa, mm-hmm. and so. You know, at some point in this Panda Express drive-through, I will go and find me somewhere by a beach to stay, and we can start putting towards that now. But yeah, uh, the show is at the Chop Block Pod on Twitter, at Chop Block Pod on Instagram. Uh, we are also on Twitch. If you want to watch us versus listening to us, and if you want to listen to us instead of watching us, we are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can even ask Google to play us. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Be, that's okay. We be, out. Be careful out here in this parallelogram, y'all. Y'all stay safe. <laughs> Wash your hands and cover your mouths. Deuces.